Hello, everybody. This is Andrew Gamison here with another episode of the Speaking for Him podcast. Want to welcome you into the year 2021. Very glad to be with you and very excited for what this year will hold. I just wanted to give you a programming note right off the top of the show, and that is that this is the last episode which we'll be posting on a Saturday. I'm going to try to change things up starting next week and have my episodes posted uh, by Wednesday of each week. That is going to be the goal. I'm not sure how uh, that's going to work out, but stay tuned to the Speaking Firm podcast. We will continue to come to you weekly, but I've decided to try a midweek release schedule. Um, first of all, uh, because I can, and also because I did an informal poll on Facebook. I only had five respondents, but every single one of those five respondents said they are more likely to listen to a podcast during the week than they are on the weekend. And so I want to see if we can broaden the listening base and have more people listening and encouraged every day as we go through the year of 2021. So very excited to let you know about that. Uh, please continue to um, pray that the right show content will come to me uh, through what God has for me to share and also through the people that are listening here on the show. It's a perfect opportunity for you to get involved. If you have something that you would like to share with us, uh, feel free to reach out with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show. I'd love to take up your discussion topics. Uh, if you've listened for any length of time, you know that the main theme of the show is Christian growth. So if there's anything along those lines that you think needs to be discussed, please let me know about it. And if you want to share your story or you want to be part of that discussion topic, you can always request to be on the show. I love it when I have other people on the show. And I think if you look through my archives, you would agree with me that most of my strongest episodes involve having guests with me on the mics. Uh, I, from the very beginning of this show, I never wanted it to just be about me, uh, just going on and on about my opinion on everything under the sun. I really wanted it to include other people, and I've always thought of my responsibility as to direct you toward Christ, and I love it when I have the opportunity to interact with other people because they encourage me as much or more then I may encourage them by having them on. So I really want to encourage you to become a part of the Speaking for Him podcast in 2021. I'd really like to increase the number of guest co-hosts. Um, I've talked um, off mic about having my dad come on and co-host a show with me, so that may be happening, and I'm, I'm excited about that possibility. So just wanted to get those things out of the way off the top, and now I want to fill you in on a little bit of what is going on. All right, well, I just have a few things that I want to talk to you about here. Uh, first of all, we've started to see the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine here in the United States, and more particularly here in Michigan. I've seen three different friends, at least, that have gotten that vaccine, and believe it or not, I am hopeful that it will um, make things better for this virus. But my overall thoughts on this issue are simply this. 
that whenever you roll something out to millions of people and of all different ages and health um, issues, you're going to have different responses to it. And so I think the overall thing that I, that sparks concern for me with, with vaccines or anything like it is just this idea that we think that something is going to be so perfect for millions of people and there's going to be no issues with it. I think that's the biggest thing I want to put out there is that I am cautious about that. And I personally am not going to be lining up for the vaccine because I have never um, liked needles, first of all, and I have seen people negatively affected by vaccines, specifically being the flu vaccine, and I just don't want to subject myself to that possibility with the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, but I hope that we do have some positive results because I really do want to see our country and our state opened up. And if this um, does something to help along the way, I would appreciate it um, if it happens. But I do hope that we are not putting our hope in a vaccine or in our leadership in our state, but that we are putting our hope in Jesus Christ. And the second thing along those lines is I wanted to just talk very briefly about the new stimulus that is coming out. I know that it seems logical for the government to provide stimulus money since they have largely um, decided to close down our economy. And in their logic, they have good reason for it. Um, but I'm just going to put this out here really quick at the beginning of the show. And that is that I think that the best stimulus is getting back to work. Now, I, I know that seems like a cop-out answer, and it seems like the easy answer in a sense, and it may even seem like I'm not taking this uh, issue seriously. But here's the thing, folks, is we had a $1,200 stimulus uh, this past summer, and we got that, and it was good. I'm sure it helped many people. But the problem that I see with it is then people started talking about, well, when's the next stimulus coming? And with this $600 stimulus, I feel kind of similar. Like people are just going to start asking shortly after that comes out, when's the next stimulus coming? So I really feel like the best stimulus is getting back to work. And I think if there are going to be shutdowns, if there are going to be stoppages in the way that we do business uh, in our states and in the nation, the stoppages should be for the purpose of figuring out solutions of how can we open up again. I feel like the, the, the lockdowns have been more about just being a stopgap measure, you know, just pause things, but don't really think about the impact and don't really think about solutions to get things up and running again. Like, instead of saying all restaurants have to be closed until I say so, uh, why don't you get together with some restaurateurs and work out ways that they can be open? Um, and I just, maybe some of this is happening behind the scenes, but I feel like it's not enough of a part of the discussion. All right, well, before we move on to our main segment of the show, which, by the way, since I didn't uh, mention it off the show, off the top of the show, I will just say that our main segment is I am he. And it, it examines what I feel is the eighth I am statement of Jesus in 
um, the New Testament, and I think you'll enjoy that discussion. Um, because we talk about seven I am statements of Christ as a general rule, and we've already covered those, but we're going to delve into I am he as the eighth. So look for that in just a few moments. But before we do that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Georgia runoff election that is coming up January 6th. Now, this is an interesting situation in Georgia because they have a rule in Georgia that if you don't get more than 50% of the vote, you should, um, you have to go into another election with whoever your top competitor was. And then you'll come out with 50%, uh, more than 50% of the vote. And you'll be declared the winner. Um, good to see you. That is a lot of votes, Steve. That is a lot cast already. But what are the key areas that we should be looking out for at this point? Yeah, yeah, it's been great to be here. Well, yeah, in a week from today, we'll be at the map watching live results come in. What are we going to be looking for in these two? Remember, two, because Democrats need to win both of them to get into that 50-50 tie in the Senate that Kamala Harris would break. What are we going to be looking at in Georgia? So I think one way to look at this is, Republicans are coming into this runoff with a bit of a built-in advantage. And that might sound funny because, hey, Joe Biden just won Georgia. Joe Biden won Georgia in the presidential race. Certainly the Democrats could win these Senate races. That's true. But keep in mind one thing about last November. Here's the presidential race. Joe Biden won it by a little bit under 12,000 votes. First Democrat to carry Georgia since 92, Bill Clinton. About 12,000 vote margin for Joe Biden. Take a look at the Senate races here. This is John Ossoff versus David Perdue. Now, nobody got 50%. That's why we're in the runoff. But David Perdue did get more votes than John Ossoff. He got 88,000 more votes than John Ossoff. So Biden, 12,000 more than Trump. But the Republican here, Perdue, getting 88,000 more than the Democrat John Ossoff. So that's a difference there of about 100,000 votes. So the Republicans didn't win it outright, but got more votes in this race uh, in the November election. And also, if you take a look at the other Senate race, this one's a little bit more confusing. Remember, the other seat, it was that wide-open primary, the top two candidates advanced. So there were like 20 candidates in this race. But if you add it up, all the Democrats, add it up, all the Republican votes, again, the Republicans got more votes in this race for this seat than the Democrats did. So that's the built-in advantage that I say that uh, uh, that the uh, Republicans have coming into this. You got it. <laughs> and there you have Steve Kornacki from NBC News talking about the runoff elections for the Senate in Georgia. Now, it's a very interesting situation because usually Senate offices alternate with who is, who is um, running uh, they overlap so that you are never without a sitting senator. Uh, but apparently in Georgia, there is a special election for one seat and a regular election for the other. And you heard in the clip that Steve Kornacki talked about how one of the seats was wide open. So uh, the winner of the first round of the election did not get a very high percentage of the vote, but the two people following him were actually Republicans, and they combined for more of the vote than he got. And so there's significance there. The other election uh, was something that was within uh, 2% of the vote, and the and a, and a third-party candidate got 2.3% of the vote, and the 
other two candidates, the Republican and the Democrat, the Republican won by, I think, a little less than 2% of the vote. So the third-party candidate did play the spoiler there and caused the need for the runoff. And why do I bring this up? Because I just want to underscore to you that when I talked to you a few weeks ago about how important it is to get out and vote, that is why. Because every vote does matter, and a small amount of votes can make a difference. So I want to continue to encourage you as we move forward past this 2020 election to be involved in the civic process of your state and local government as well as nationally. Now, that does not supersede your commitment to God. And so I would ask you to just pray for Georgia and pray for these elections that everything would go off without a hitch and that God's will would be done in these areas. But I do feel like we're coming up to some crucial times as we approach a new presidency and we need to pray for our leaders, specifically our president and our vice president, because no matter who they are, we need to respect them and we need to lift them up before the Lord. We are told to pray for those in authority in Romans. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Um, but I also just want to encourage you to pray for the people of Georgia as they go to the polls um, this coming week. And I just appreciate um, the opportunity to be able to talk to you about these things and to encourage you to not give up, to continue to shine as lights in a very dark world. Well, today on the podcast, we are talking about the I Am Statement of Christ, I Am He. And several months ago when I began this I Am series on Christ, I found a list of the seven um, most popular uh, I Am Statements of Christ, and I used that as a basis for my podcast series. But one that always stuck out to me was in John 18, when Jesus is in the garden and the leaders are looking for him to arrest him. And Jesus says, whom do you seek? And he says to them, I am he. If you look at your Bibles, you will find that the he is often italicized, giving the implication that Jesus, when he answered that question, he simply said, I am. So we're going to delve into that a little bit today. And we're going to start with our quote of the day. It comes from John 18, 4 to 6. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. And I've always loved this passage of scripture, because if you recall, earlier in the book, I believe in John chapter 10, Jesus makes this statement, No man takes my life from me, I lay it down. I have both power to lay it down and power to take it up again. This command have I been given 
from my father. And people looking at this situation from the outside uh, might say, well, they finally overpowered Jesus. They finally, uh, you know, had the manpower to take him and they finally got their way. But the reality is that Jesus allowed them to take him. And when he said, I am, they fell backward. Now, I have to wonder if anyone in that entourage was wondering at that point if it was the best thing in the world to take um, this man by force and arrest him after seeing that. Another miraculous thing that happened at that point was Jesus healing Malchus's ear. Simon Peter uh, grabs the sword and cuts off Malchus, the servant of the high priest's ear. And um, it's very interesting that Jesus says to Peter, put up your sword, and then he heals Malchus. Now, I often wonder what happened to Malchus after that, uh, because when someone heals your ear and then you watch him be arrested and crucified, I wonder what that does to a person. Um, but I guess that's one uh, question that I won't have an answer to until I get to glory. Um, but it definitely is one of the ones on a, on a pretty big list of things that I wonder about having to do with the Bible. And that would, could be an interesting discussion. I'd probably have it as a group discussion is things that you wonder about from the Bible. So that might be something we could delve into at some point in this new year. But as we, uh, delve into this, I found, um, some other I am statements throughout scripture, um, both old and new Testament, actually, that kind of underscore what Jesus is saying here. Because when Jesus uses the I am statements, first of all, I think we've talked about in the past on the podcast, how, you know, in Hebrews eleven six it says he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them, seek him. And why is that? Because whatever Jesus is, it is enough. Whatever Jesus is, it is perfect and it is amazing. So, and it's all, all encompassing. So as we delve into this, I think we can do it well if we think about it from this perspective, that we're talking about a man who was, is, and ever will be the Son of God, who transcends time, and who gives us peace and hope for the future. So that is the backdrop through which we are discussing this issue. As always, I would appreciate your feedback. It's kind of exciting to be finishing up a new series, or, or the, the latest series of podcast episodes that I've done. I often say that these are not exhaustive, and so I'm sure that you could add to them. If there's one that I missed or that you think should have been included, feel free to contact me. And if you have any other Bible series type ideas for what we could do in the future, please make sure to avail yourself once again of the contact information at the end of the show. All right, well, let's dig into our uh, points here and... The first one comes to us by just the simple question, are you the Son of God? And this is what Jesus said in Mark 14. 
And the high priest stood in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou, answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So this, of course, is Jesus' trial. The religious leaders are asking him point blank, Who are you? Are you the Son of God? And he answers in the affirmative. It's interesting, he says very little during this trial, but he does speak the truth when they ask him, Are you the Son of God? I find it really interesting that basically the whole book of John, and this happens in other Gospels as well, I guess, but basically the whole book of John is him saying who he is, the religious leaders getting mad about it, and then later asking him again who he is, and he continues to affirm who he is. And who who Jesus is is important to each and every one of us. Because who you believe Jesus to be can affect your whole eternity. My eternity is staked on the claim and the truth of the claim that Jesus is the Son of God. And so many people who are novices of of the Bible say, well, Jesus never said, I am the Son of God. Well, this is him point blank saying, I am. Using that same word that he used in the garden. We seek Jesus of Nazareth, and he said, I am. And they fell over. But this wasn't the only place in the scriptures where Jesus affirmed who he was. As a matter of fact, there were plenty of places where he did. But one of my other favorites is the next one, where Jesus makes the claim, before Abraham was, I am. Notice the tense of this. He doesn't say, before Abraham was, I was. He said, I am. Because he was eternally coexistent with God the Father. He had no beginning, and he will have no end. He chose to condescend to have a human beginning when he came into this world as a little baby. But he existed before he was in Mary's womb. That is why, incidentally, that the virgin birth which we celebrate every Christmas, is so important. Because it had to be clear that Joseph was not the father of Jesus. You see, if Joseph was the father of Jesus, he would have passed on a sin nature, just as Adam passed to all men. So it was imperative that we understand that Jesus was sinless and that Jesus was the Son of God the Father, who was placed in Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our whole faith relies upon that fact. And it says in Matthew chapter 1 that 
uh, Joseph did not know Mary in a physical way until Jesus was born. Again, timing is very important in the scriptures. But what Jesus is saying here in John 8, 58, 54 to 59, and I will read it for you here. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself, and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Again, that's John eight fifty four to 59 So what Jesus is saying here is that he transcends time. He stepped into the timeline of history. He became a human so that he could walk among us, so that he could minister to us, so that he could understand us, and ultimately so that he could die for us. The cradle points to the cross. Again, he didn't say before Abraham was, I was, because he never had a beginning. Rather, he said before Abraham was, I am, because he exists outside of the timeline of history and chose to put himself into the timeline of history for the benefit of you and I. He promised Abraham that all of, that his seed would bless all of the earth. And this same I am that promised that to Abraham is standing before them and saying, before Abraham was, I am. And it's very convicting to me that so many people who knew Jesus in the flesh missed who he was, because if that is the case, then we can most certainly miss who Jesus is ourselves. And so we need to be aware of that possibility and make sure that we understand the truth of the Scripture and that we allow the Holy Spirit to change our minds and our hearts. But the exciting thing about this is because Jesus was, is, and ever will be the Son of God, he was able to take our sins upon himself. And that is why we go into this new year of 2021 with hope. So as we think about Jesus uh, transcending time as God in the flesh, 100% God and yet 100% man, we can be brought back to Genesis. Genesis 17.1 says this, And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Genesis, and of course, and that was Genesis 17.1. And of course we know that it was impossible for Abram or Abraham to be perfect. But that is why it is important for us 
to read in Genesis 15, verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. The only thing that can be counted for righteousness for us is to believe in the Lord. Paul reiterates this in Romans chapter 4, verse 3. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So the same I am that said, before Abraham was I am, said in Genesis, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Jesus echoes echoes this when he says, be holy in all manner of conversation, because your heavenly Father is in fact holy. And again, the only way to be holy is to have the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said, "If unless your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. He wasn't saying that you could be righteous apart from him. He was saying that you need him to be righteous. That's why the Apostle Paul would later write, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We needed that. And I hope that gives you hope as we go into this new year. You know, every new year is full of unknowns and full of hope. And I don't think any of us had any inkling at the beginning of this year of 2020, this last year of 2020. I don't think any of us had any idea at the beginning of this last year of 2020 what would transpire. But God has been faithful through all of it. And he will continue to be faithful until the work that he has for us and the work that he's doing through his church is completed. We read in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when he says, before Abraham was, I am, we can take that to the bank. When he says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, we can take that to the bank. Remember, I often refer to this, that God always speaks in the definitive article. He doesn't say maybe. He says will. And I'm grateful that that is the God that we serve, that his promises are yes and amen. What a wonderful truth that is, and I hope it encourages you. So then, we go to our next point, which is, I am that I am. And I I, I think that this underscores for us that regardless of what God decides to do, we can praise him for who he is. A lot of times... I, you know, when, when we approach prayer, we, we have needs, we have wants, we have desires, and those are not wrong to pray about. But oftentimes, I have to stop myself and I have to start out my prayer by saying, thank you 
for who you are. Because who he is makes him worthy of praise. And at one point, Moses asked the question, what is your name? Or what should I say to the children of Israel is your name? Who sent me to them? And this is, this is the exchange. This is the response. In Exodus 3, 13 and 14, God, it says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say to them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So in God's own mind, in the words of Almighty God, he is best summed up in the words, I am. I think that's why Jesus used the I am statement so much and why this series has been so important for us to grasp. Our modern uh, political and societal culture is everything's changing all the time. Uh, Make sure that you're woke enough. But Jesus says, and God the Father says, it's enough that I am. That should be enough for you. And so I think it's important for us to be reminded that I am has sent Moses to the children of Israel. And the great I am condescended to a human body and died for our sins. Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Only the great I am could do that. So, as we close out this conversation about the I Am Statements of Christ, I just want to say this, that the last one that I have to share with you today, and perhaps in some ways the most important, is I Am He That Liveth. John the Revelator writes, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Revelation 1, 17 and 18. You know, one of the things that happens at the end of the year is that we take stock of those people that we have lost. And the popular world does this. They usually come out with a list. Stars that we have lost in 2020. I saw a headline 
earlier this week that was sports stars that we lost in 2020. And of course, you know, we started 2020 with losing um, Kobe Bryant. And then uh, later on in the year, of course, we lost um, Alex Trebek and several people in between. And we've also suffered personal losses. I've had, um, you know, two or three um, friends that have at least that have passed into glory this year. Probably more if I stop to count. And it is sad. We grieve for those people. But if you are a believer, you have the assurance that you don't grieve as one who has no hope. Because Jesus says, I am he that liveth. Remember in that 1 Corinthians chapter 15 passage, Paul says, if Christ be not risen, then our faith is in vain. But I'm so thankful that that's not the last verse of the chapter. Because Paul goes on to say, but now is Christ risen. So our faith this thing that we have stood up for, this thing that we have persevered in, this thing that has given us life. For Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And freedom too. He said, if the Son therefore shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. So this this thing, this salvation that God gives us was won on the cross and was guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. He defeated death, he lives, and so I will live as well. Again, I hope that encourages you today, and I hope that you will go into 2021 knowing that you serve him that liveth, the one that holds the keys of death and hell in his hands. There's only two places to go, folks, at the end of life. One is heaven and one is hell. And we have to make a choice of where we are to go. God doesn't send anyone to hell, but he cannot allow sin to enter into his heaven. And so he created hell for the devil and his angels and for those whose names were not written in the Lamb's book of life. But the good news is that your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life because he paid the price for you. When I stand at the gates of heaven, my plea to get into heaven won't be because I did a podcast for eight years or ten years or whatever amount of time God allows me to do it. My plea will be the blood of Jesus Christ. The old hymn says, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus didn't die just to show love. Because if it was just about love, 
then the perfect son of God would not have had to go all the way to death. He showed love his whole time on this earth. He extended hands to those who couldn't get up. He touched blind eyes and gave them life. He touched deaf ears and gave them hearing. He raised the dead. He showed love all through his life, but that wasn't enough. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so we have this situation where we are far from God. The Bible says in Colossians, once you were far from God, once you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but now you are brought nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm rejoicing in that in this new year, and I hope that you are as well. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, this series on the I Am Statements of Christ, and if you want to be on the show at any point to discuss your testimony or any other topics that you wish to discuss, please let me know. I'm looking for new co-hosts as we come into 2021. If it's something that you might be able to commit to on a more regular basis, I'd be fine with that too. Um, That's probably the biggest thing about not going in um, to the radio studio that I've had over the last, uh, what is it? six months that I've been home is not having that regular co-host. And as I said, um, having a conversational quality to this podcast is important to me. So if you are interested in uh, joining me on this journey, I would appreciate any level of commitment, commitment you could give. I just want to continue to be an encouragement to those on the journey of life, not as someone who has it all together, but as someone who knows the one who fixes the broken and makes the dead come alive. One final thing I wanted to mention is that we are uh, working hard to get the Pilgrim's Progress Project done so that we can share that with you uh, early on in this coming year. I'm hoping by the end of January to begin sharing it with you, and I'm not sure what the distribution schedule will be like, whether it will be my main podcast episode for the week or whether whether it will be shared as a bonus. Um, but either way, that will come out for about 10 straight weeks once it's complete, and I'm very excited about it. So with that final announcement being made, I will simply say, have a great week and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter 
at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.